wow, prayer is amazing. Prayer is this powerful gift that God has given us that he uses as the means of advancing his kingdom, as the means of, of providing us our daily bread, as the means in which he continues bestows upon his grace upon our life at every moment. And every time, without fail, studying prayer, it just, for me, it just shows me just how amazing, how large, how gracious, how loving and how merciful our Father is. And so I pray that that happens uh, throughout this series with you. I pray that you encourage. I pray that you desire to pray even more boldly, that your prayer life has been refreshed. And uh, as we looked at last week, we talked about beginning our prayers with the name of Jesus. We said, what if we actually begin instead of tack it on at the end? Because sometimes when we, you know, at the close of our prayer in the name of Jesus, we're just like transitioning out. And what if we actually begin with, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, Father, acknowledging that it's only because of Jesus we can come to the Father. And understanding that as we pray, we're recognizing our insufficiency, and we're recognizing the Father's sufficiency. And so one of the resources uh, God has used greatly uh, during this study was this book, Praying Backwards, which the whole point was, begin in the name of Jesus. And I don't want to get like legalistic here and say you have to start with we're really talking about heart motivation our heart's desire and really thinking about what we're truly saying when we come to the father i still think it's a good idea to even begin our prayers within the name of jesus and i do believe it's important to have in the name of jesus in our prayers that we do recognize that we only come to the father through prayer so i gave out seven of these books last night this is my last book. Uh, whoever comes up to me and asks for me at the end of the service gets the book. So that's the way I'm doing it. There's no favoritism. Just you want the book. I got one more. Come ask for it. I pro- I, it's been a great blessing to me. I would hope that it would also be a blessing to you. So if you would like to continue to learn a little bit more about prayer, free book right there. It's called Praying Backwards and, uh, yeah, by Brian Chapel with two L's. So that's been a great book uh, that God has used for me. If you missed last week or last night and you want to just kind of know what we talked about on prayer, the messages are up on the website. Last night we also did a question and answer time after the message, which we had some really good questions about prayer. Really good questions. Those are also at the end of last night's message. They're recorded on the website also, and that's timberlinebc.org if you want to look at that. Um, I came across a quote the other day, and this is what the quote says. Prayer links us with God in the right way and puts us in dialogue with him. Not praying is a little like walking up to a marriage altar, saying one's vows to the spouse, and then going mute as the relationship moves from day to day. There can be no development of a deeper connection without time for table talk. In fact, without such basic contact, the relationship not only fails to go forward, it goes backwards. I like that. In marriage, we come, never do you have two people coming together in marriage, at least in the beginning. Never do you have them saying their vows, going, I am never going to talk to you again. And that's just ridiculous. Sometimes that happens, and sometimes we do act, operate like that in our own Christian life. Prayer is not an optional part of the Christian life. It's an integral part of the Christian life. So I pray that as we go through this series, and we go through tonight, or this morning, that we're gripped by the power and the necessity of prayer. And I pray that you see that God loves prayer. So let's go ahead and begin in prayer, and then we're going to begin in Luke chapter 11 this morning. In the name of Jesus, we come to you, Father. 
we're studying about prayer, and prayer is hard, God. Prayer is hard because our sinful selves, our pride wants to fight against prayer at every moment because it wants to say we are sufficient, that we can provide for ourselves. And I pray that as we study, as we look at your word this morning, allow your spirit to go forth, accomplish your will, and may we be gripped by the necessity of prayer. May we be convicted by our lack of prayer and be encouraged to pray more and more, knowing that you hear us. God, we thank you that that you love our prayers, that you love to hear them, and we are humbled that you use our prayers as the means of advancing your kingdom. You choose humans, those whom you have saved and placed your spirit in, to pray, and through those prayers you advance your kingdom. Through those prayers you, you meet our needs and give us our daily bread. Through those prayers you provide grace to us at every moment of the day. God, help us to know how important prayer is. Help us to grow as a church in prayer. Let us be known as a church that prays. In your wonderful name, Jesus, amen. We're going to read Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. If you'll stand with us as we read. Last night, we looked at verses 1 through 4 of the Lord's Prayer. And so tonight is is really part 2 of last night. And uh, so we're just continuing right on. We're going to go from verses 5 through 13 in Luke chapter 11. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, And he said to them, Which of you has a friend? Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You all may be seated. So Jesus has just walked through the disciples of the Lord's Prayer. The disciples came to him, Jesus was praying, and they said, teach us how to pray. So he walked them through saying, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us of our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus goes on and says, I want you to know more about prayer. And so he continues on. And I love, um, I love how he describes it. And we have a parable. And he gives us teaching after it. Do you know that prayer doesn't bother God? I think this parable, in a sense, the story. Jesus is emphasizing, this is how you pray and know that you can pray all the time. Our prayers do not bother him. He loves for us to pray to him. When my children... They'll come up to, to Steph, to me, and they ask questions. Now, maybe you, I mean, I think all children ask questions. My children are expert question askers. 1,000 questions a day is quota minimum. 
I mean, I, and I'm not lying. Like, they really love questions. <laughs> they ask us everything. Can you help tie my shoes? Can you help button a shirt? Can I have a tree? Why are the trees green? You name it, they're asking it. And they come because uh, I'm their father, because Steph's their mother. They know we're their parents, and we love them, and we will answer them. They come because we will help them. They come because we're the ones, when they have questions, when they have needs, we meet those needs. But you know what? I get tired sometimes of their questions. If you're a parent, you probably know what I mean. Like, you're just sometimes like, just be quiet. <laughs> like, can I say that to them? Will that crush their spirit? Can I just say, stop the question madness? You ever feel like that, parents? I'm not alone, right? Please, please not alone. You gotta go repent of that. But the Father loves for us to come to him with questions. Loves for us to come to him in prayer. And this is where we need to be very careful that we do not place our experience of fatherhood on the father. We don't force him into our mold. Meaning, I get tired at times. I get impatient when my kids come to me and ask questions. I'm like, I just answered that. You just asked that five seconds ago. I told you yesterday that answer. They keep coming. I get impatient. Let us not think that because I, as a father, gets impatient, that that's how the father acts. He does not take our cues from us. We take our cues from him. So hear that, because there's a lot of times when we talk about father, and, and, and you might be one of the people here, and when you hear the word father, you're turned off pretty quick because you had a father, and he wasn't a good father. And he didn't meet your needs. He didn't help you. Maybe he didn't treat you well at all. Maybe either physically or emotionally, he beat you. But that is not how our Father in heaven operates. And we must not think that our experiences here are forced upon him. But rather, he is the one who instructs us what a real father is like. And even our best father will fall short of him. So just know that. Take comfort in that. Whatever your experience is with a father here on earth, our heavenly father is perfect, is wonderful. He never fails. He never sins. He's always holy. He responds perfect every single time. And he loves for us to come to him. He desires for us to come to him. And so how do we come to the father in prayer? So we're just going to ask three questions and we're going to make our way through, and uh, we're going to look. In verses 5 through 8, Jesus gives a parable about how we're to come to him. What we see, a visitor has come to, to someone's house, and he's hungry. And so the homeowner has no food, and so he goes to his neighbor's house. It's late. The lights in the streets are off. No one's on the road. Uh, the marketplaces are all closed. He's the only person he can come to right now. He's his neighbor. He knows he has food. So at 3 a.m. in the morning, he comes pounding on the door. Neighbor, I have a friend who's come and visited. I need food. Can you help me? And what do we say at 3 a.m. when someone knocks on our door? Go away! The door is dead bolted. The kids are in bed at that time. The kids kind of slept. They're all like one big bed. They all slept together. So you just imagine the father whispering as loud as he can so he doesn't wake the kids because he's like, man, if you wake my kids, <laughs> you're not only going to get bread, you're going to get something else. I mean, you just know. And so he's like whispering as loud as he can. No, go away. The kids are in bed. It's too late. This is crazy. The guy, what does he do? 
He's a slow learner, so he just keeps pounding on the door. I have a friend who's come in town. I need food. Please help. No, go away. I've had a friend who's come in town. You have food. I need help. No, go away. I've had a friend who's come in town. I need food. So it's just going back and forth. And then it says, he will not get up because he's his friend. Yet, because of his impudence, he will get up. And the word impudence is shameless. It's lack of what is proper. The man gets out of his bed because the guy's not going to stop banging on the door. I mean, that's what we're all going to do. The guy is desperate for help. He's got a friend who's come in town. He needs to provide for him. He knows you have resources, so he comes. And this is how Jesus says we're come to the Father. We're to burst out in prayer at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m., at 6 a.m., at 9 a.m., at 2 p.m., at 5 p.m. We're to come at any time of the day And we're to be shameless about it. We're to be aggressive in it. In the sense of, he's the one with the resources. We can go to no one else. We know the Father has the resources. Therefore, we come to the Father. Because he never runs out. We're to come to him for everything. And even though we see the man who's in bed, whispering as loud as he can, go away. Our Father doesn't say that though. Our Father doesn't say, man, it is 3 a.m. What the heck are you doing praying to me? I am sleeping. He doesn't say that. He's listening at that very moment. He's not inconvenienced about our prayers. He's not saying, I just answered that. You know, when the sun was up, why don't you wait till morning again? Every time we pray, he's listening. He's saying, come. Come at any time. Come all the time. Come to me. I'm the one with resources. I love this because... I think we as Christians, we can think prayer is like to be in this cute little box and that we need to interlock our fingers and we need to get on our knees and we need to bow our head. We need to make sure our Bible is in proximity, hopefully within visual range. We need to make sure we go through some acronym and then God will hear us. Now last night, when we gathered together, we did the Lord's Prayer and we, we actually went in a structured prayer. We did verse 2. We prayed about God hallowing his name and his kingdom come. And then in a little bit, we went to give us each day our daily bread. And then after that, we went forgive us of our sins as we forgive others and keep us from temptation. It was extremely structured. We sat around in cute circles of like four or five. It was somewhat quiet. There was no one running around during the prayer time. It was great. I don't know about you, but that's not how I pray on Monday. I don't wait till I get together with six other people and we all sit around, we're on comfy chairs and sometimes we just like yell out our prayers. Sometimes they're very messy. Sometimes we are, we're worn out and we're saying, God help, help right now. I don't know what to do. Sometimes we get that phone call at 2 a.m. And someone's gone to the hospital and we don't know what's going to happen. And we just say, God, you know it. You need to help right now. Help me get there. Help this person who is there. God, just pour your grace out. They're messy, right? They're not just these neat, cute, little wrapping prayers. They are sometimes. Those are great. There's nothing wrong with that. We have a parable here where Jesus is saying, you can come at any time. And you can come pounding on that door. And our Father's not going to say, go away, though. But he loves when we pound. And he's going to hear us. And he wants us to come at any time of the day that he can answer us. Again, 
My children come to me because I'm their father and they know I will answer him or answer them and they know that I will give them things. We go to the father because we are his children, knowing he has storehouses of resources filled with grace. He's just waiting to give out. Listen to Psalm 103, just the first five verses. I love this. And just think about what the psalmist is praising God for. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praying is about us running to the Father because we're satisfied in Him. Praying, we come to the Father because He's the one who forgives, who heals, who redeems, who crowns us with love and mercy and satisfies us with His goodness. We come to Him because He's got all the resources. We come to Him because of His grace that He lavishly pours upon us. We come to Him because we need Him. That's what prayer is. We're saying, God, we need You. We are insufficient. You are sufficient. We are lacking. You are in abundance. We are weak. You are strong. We don't have it all together. We don't know what's best. You know everything. Prayer is one of the greatest acts of humility we can demonstrate here because we're totally dependent upon the Father. So we see that God wants us to come in prayer. In fact, we're commanded to. But what other reasons are we to come in prayer? So that's kind of the, the next question. Why do we come to the Father in prayer? And we could, this could be a, a very big answer that we could give with many different reasons. But in verse 9, Jesus gives us one of the reasons we come. And he gives us, and we see three commands. He says we are to ask, seek, and knock. Why are we to do these three things? Why are we to ask, seek, and knock? And he answers that for us in verse 10 with the word for. The word for is one of those words when we come across in the Bible, it's very important for us to recognize. We see it, we go, what is that there for? Because it's a connecting verse between verse, it's a connecting word between verse 9 and verse 10. Verse 9 says, ask, seek, and knock. Verse 10 says, the reason you ask, seek, and knock is because everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. So I've read this verse a lot in my life. I don't know how many times I've heard it quoted. You've probably heard it quoted. Um, but it's this last week that I think I've really kind of come to the meaning and the understanding of this verse. And it's amazing. I mean, light bulbs. You ever have that where like light bulbs just start going off? Like that happened for me this week. They don't always do that. Sometimes for me, it takes a lot of work. I have to spend a lot of time and like studying and a lot of saying, a lot of time going, God, I need help. I need, I need understanding and wisdom. And let so side note, there's a difference between casual reading and, and studious reading. When we read often, it's just casual reading. Reading the newspaper, reading a magazine, reading a blog, reading Twitter. We kind of pay attention, but we're not fully engaged. We're not hanging on every word. We're not going, God, I, I, I'm asking your spirit right now to give me wisdom on every word that you have written here that I would benefit from that and know how to glorify you more. 
And so sometimes what we do, we take our casual reading, the way we read the newspaper, the way we read Twitter or Facebook, and we just take that right into the, into the Bible. And we shouldn't do that. We need to rather come to it studiously, going, Father, I want to know your word. I need to know what every single word means. Give me wisdom. That's how we are to come to the Bible. And so here's the point. We boldly come to the Father in prayer, presenting our request, because prayer is the means He has chosen in which He will give out His wondrous gifts. Notice, everyone who asks, what happens? They receive. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door is open. Every action is affirmed in the affirmative. If you ask, you receive. You seek, you will find. You knock, the door will be open. This is what Jesus says happens when we pray. When we pray, God answers. When we seek God in prayer, he, he, we, we find him in prayer. When we knock, he throws the doors open to us. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who asks receives and knocks, the door will be open. Jesus is saying, when we come to the Father, know that he hears you. Do you know that? Like, just let that just resonate down into your souls. Every time you pray, he hears you. And he says, you ask, you will receive. Now remember last week, we talked about the fact that when we pray, we need to come in the name of Jesus. Acknowledging that it's only through Jesus we come to the Father. We need to pray with our heart motivation always for the glory of the Father. And also knowing that the Spirit will take our finite prayers that we, we're praying the best that we can with the knowledge that we have and know that the Spirit will, will transform that into the will of the Father. Let us know. Every time we ask, though, that's going to happen. And the Father says, you will receive, you will find, and the door will be open to you. The prayer, or the text is emphasizing the goodness of the Father. Every time we ask, we receive. If we really believe that, if we really believe every time we open our mouth in prayer that we have the ear of the creator of everything, how does that not affect us to pray more? How does that not just say, God, I want to pray all the time about anything and everything? When we ask, when we seek, When we knock, God answers. Jesus reveals the Father as the one who has abundant gifts and is willing to give them to his children. But don't miss this. We must ask. We must ask. Jesus is clearly saying there are some things, and he doesn't specify what, that we will only receive if we ask. So my my children... We bought them Christmas presents, not because they asked. We just bought them because we loved them and we, and we gave them Christmas presents. And that's what happens a lot for us in our Christian life. The Father bestows upon us gifts every day. The fact you're breathing at this moment is a gift. The fact that you just took that next breath and your heart just beated, beated, beat, whatever. I don't really need words a lot in my, my job. Not very important. Whatever the heart does, pumps. It's a gift of God. The fact that you just had synapses firing across your, your body that caused you to laugh at me. <laughs> it's a gift of God. We get those gifts all the time. We get gifts that we don't deserve at every moment of every day. But there's some things that God is saying, you need to come and ask. 
And when you ask, you will receive. My, my children, they love going to Charlie's Safari. They love going to Charlie's Safari. So they will come and they will, they will ask Steph and I often many times with great impudence, uh, can we go to Charlie's Safari? Can we go to Charlie's Safari? Now, I, if they don't ask, I'm probably not just going to take them to Charlie's Safari. Maybe once in a great while we would. But the reason we take our children to Charlie's Safari is they have asked. Oftentimes, I'll be home working on a project. Lately, it seems my project list is going up, especially as we're moving closer towards the adoption time. It's like projects are just growing. And so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in the zone, and I'm just building, fixing, doing whatever. Ben comes up. Hey, Dad, can you read me a book? Yeah, I'll read you a book. Why am I going to read him a book? Because he asked. If he didn't ask, I wasn't going to walk over and read him a book. Now, I love the kid, and I want to give him everything that he can. But it was on the basis of his asking that he receives. We are to come to the Father And when we ask, let us come boldly because he says, you ask, you'll receive. You seek, you will find. You knock, and the door will be thrown open. Like, just let that resonate in you. God, Jesus is as clearly as he's saying, God loves prayer. And know, when you come to him, he hears and he will answer. He desires for us to come to him in prayer. James chapter 2. Chapter 4, verse 2 says, We do not have because we do not ask. There are things we don't have because we do not ask. We pray with great boldness because the Father loves to answer. He has storehouses filled with grace, just ready to give, just ready to pour out. And you say, man, when they come, I'm just going to pour this out upon them. Now you may say, well, why do we have to ask? is when we ask, we are ex- we are, when we pray, that we're exercising our faith in the Father. It's, it's when we pray, we're saying, Father, I trust you to provide for all my needs. I'm dependent upon your grace. Prayer is us acknowledging our insufficiency and acknowledging his absolute sufficiency. That's why prayer is so humble. That's why proud people don't humble. That's why sometimes you and me, we don't pray because we've got a sin issue going and we're getting some pride in our lives. Proud people don't humble because we don't see ourselves as insufficient. Humble people pray. And that's hard. because That goes against everything in our sinfulness. And that's, that's why we need one another. That's why we need to pray that God asks us Uh, That's why we need to pray, asking God to help us to pray more. That's, in fact, why God has given us his spirit to undwell with us. So he does say you need to ask in order to receive. But let us not think that the effort is solely upon us. For whenever God gives us a condition for grace, he gives us the means for accomplishing that condition. And here it is, is through the Holy Spirit. He says, ask and you will receive. We've been given the Holy Spirit who empowers us, who enables us to pray so that we would pray. He gives us the Spirit meeting the condition that we need to pray. The Spirit works in us that we would pray. Then the Father gives us the gifts, the grace that he so desires to give. Now you may say, well, what kind of gifts does he give? How good are these gifts? Is it worth praying? And that's kind of our next question. Is it worth coming to the Father in prayer? Because I think... While we may never want to articulate a question like that, that's sometimes what we think. 
Well, that's sometimes how we act. Is it really worth it? So in verses 11 through 13, Jesus is going to say, yeah, it's worth it. And he makes an argument from the lesser to greater. He says, if a son comes to a father and asks for a fish, what's the father going to give him? Snake or fish? He'll give a fish. If a son asks for an egg, what will the father give him? Egg or scorpion? Egg. It's Jesus in verse 13. He gets to the point. If earthly sinful, so now he's calling us sinful. So that's fine. He's father. He can call us whatever he wants. He's saying we're sinful. He's saying if sinful fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. And here it is. Here's the, here's the argument. The lesser to greater. How much more will the perfect, holy, glorious, heavenly Father give good, give good gifts to those who ask? If we, who, Ben comes to me, your children, your child comes to you, and ask a question, and we're going to answer that with the best ability that we can, hopefully, with the best knowledge that we have, but we are finite, and our resources are finite, and we don't always know what's best to do. But if, if our son asks, can I read? Sure, I'll read. But the Father says, our Heavenly Father says, if you think that you know how to answer well, if you think you who are sinful, who you often do not answer well, oftentimes I get impatient or do other ways or answer in ways that are probably not so pleasing to my child or to God. He's saying, know that your Heavenly Father answers in a far superior way than you every single time. Because we're sinful, he's perfectly holy. Everything he does is glorious. So if we, and we can give good gifts, right? We know how to help. I had Kelly come over and he helped me put electrical stuff up. I asked, I received. It was good, it was an amazing gift. I couldn't have done it without him. But the Father is saying, when we come to him, he gives us superior gifts. Because he doesn't have any sin in him. He's perfect and holy in every way. Jesus couldn't be clear. God gives amazing, extraordinary gifts, and he desires to give them through prayer. And then he specifically says he gives us the Holy Spirit. Jesus had just made the case. Come. Come in impudence. Come shamelessly. Pound on that door. Every time you do, God is going to answer. And now with this giant exclamation mark, he says, and you want to know how good the Father gives good gifts? You want to know what kind of quality? He gives the Holy Spirit. He gives himself. He gives himself. The Father who created everything, who sustains all things, who knows all things, doesn't give you some second-rate gift. He gives himself. And I don't think he's just referring to salvation. He's talking to disciples, those who know him, who would say he's the Son of God, who most likely already have the Holy Spirit. So these are already believers. So I don't think he's just saying you get the Spirit as in salvation. When we come to the Father and we receive Jesus Christ at salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. But he's talking also to the church here. When we pray, he gives the Holy Spirit. And I think a good example of this is in Acts chapter 4. You just make a note of it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31, Peter and John have been arrested. They've been arrested because they preached the gospel and they healed a paralyzed man. They're then released. The church is now, they've gathered together and they're praising God. In verse 29, it says, They pray that God would grant his servants, the church, 
to continue to speak the word with all, the word with all boldness. So they're saying, look, we just had some people go to prison because of the gospel. They were preaching it. They've been released. God, don't let us be in fear that we might go to prison also. Help us to be more bold. In verse 31, we read, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now this is the church. They already have the Holy Spirit. They pray for boldness to speak the gospel. At the end of the prayer, we see this immediate answer of God in a very obvious way. The ground is shaken, which I wish sometimes God would shake a little more ground for us. That'd be cool. That'd be about that. Um, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Most likely, they start going out and proclaiming, it, proclaiming God in the streets again. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Every gift we get from the Father comes through the Holy Spirit. It is achieved by the Holy Spirit. This is why prayer is a family thing, a family of God thing. We pray because we're children of God. This is why Jesus says, Father. When you pray, say Father. So this is a family thing. And when we're family, we've been given the Holy Spirit. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is testifying that we are children and sons of God. He's the one who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And so, whatever gift we have, it comes through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus is saying, when you ask, you will receive. And it's going to come right through the Spirit. He's going to fill you with boldness. He'll fill you with the fruit of the Spirit. He'll fill you with patience. He'll fill you with love. He'll help you find your car keys. Whatever it is, the big things and the small things. All the gifts of the Father come to us on the basis of, of faith in Jesus through the indwelling power of the Spirit. What Jesus is saying is when you come to prayer, it's not primarily about stuff. If you're looking for your car keys, finding the car keys is not the ultimate goal of the prayer. It's a greater knowledge and experience of the Holy Spirit within you. That's the greatest motivation. That should be the greatest goal of our prayer because the Father is saying, I'm going to answer you through the Holy Spirit the giving of the Spirit who is in you. He gives himself so that he would be the one who completely satisfies us all the time. And that's what prayer is. It's about us being totally satisfied in God. So I want to just, uh, I want to close in just giving some bullet points of what we learned last week, last night, and today just about prayer. These aren't in your notes or anything. Um, We pray boldly in Jesus' name for it is, only through the, it is only through his name we come to the Father. We pray boldly, knowing our prayers will be answered when our greatest desires for the Father to be glorified. This is last week. We pray boldly, knowing the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and molds our prayers. And I love that. I pray that you're so comforted by that when you say some silly, ill-worded, disjunctioned prayer. And you're like, man, nobody would understand what I just said. Holy Spirit just took that and he made it pretty so God can hear it and God answers it and God, it's according to the will of the Father. We pray knowing that he does that for us. Last night in Luke, in the first few verses, we see prayers about asking God to advance his kingdom. In fact, prayer is the means in which God advances his kingdom here on earth. We see prayers about hallowing the name of God, making his name glorified. Prayer is trusting God to provide our daily, our daily bread. And we looked at that last night. Our daily bread is whatever God deems best. 
physically and spiritually for us. Prayer is us being satisfied in Christ as he transforms us into the image of Christ. And prayer is trusting that God continues to forgive us as we forgive others and enabling us to forgive others and protecting us from temptation. This morning, prayer is messy. Take comfort in that. Prayer is messy, and it's a shameless activity we are to be constantly involved in. Don't ever think you've worn out the ear of God. Don't ever think he's saying, man, come back later. Don't ever think he's pushing the snooze button. He's saying, come. Come pound on that door at all times. Prayer is the means by which God has chosen to give good gifts to his children. Prayer is the means in which we experience more of himself through the Holy Spirit. Let me just give a couple tips on praying, and then we're going to move into communion. Set aside specific time to pray. Wherever you're at in prayer, maybe you say, man, I'm pretty good in prayer, or maybe you're here and you really don't have a prayer life at all. Set aside specific time. Maybe it's in the morning. I think mornings are great. Um, Car rides are good. Talked about that last night. Walks are great. Plan time. When, When can you really just begin talking to God? Don't try to pray for an hour on day one. You know, you don't run the marathon the first day of practice. You work up to it. There might be days you pray for two or three hours. It's probably not going to be on day one. Be cool if it is. But be okay with a five-minute prayer. Be okay with a three-minute prayer. Ask the Father to help you to pray. Let your prayer right now just be, God, help me to pray. Read Scripture and pray that. God, your kingdom come. I want your kingdom to come. God, bring your kingdom. Let your your prayer just be influenced right by Scripture. Um. Write out your prayer request and then record how God answers it. That's an amazing way to see God keep answering. And that's a fun thing to do. You go back over like a year of recording your prayers. And you say, wow, look at all the ways God has answered. You see some other ones that God hasn't answered yet. And you're like, wow, I know on the basis of him answering all these other ones, I know he's going to answer these too. And probably above anything, if you walk away with some type of tip on how to pray, just start talking. Just talk. Talk all the time. Leave yourself a note in the car. Leave a note on the bathroom window. Just just start talking. Trusting that God's going to, through his spirit, enable you and, and increase your passion and desire to pray more. Just start. Maybe you need to write yourself notes throughout the house uh, just to remind you. Get in the car. I want to spend five seconds in prayer. Just, God, you're amazing. Thank you for this car. Thank you that I can drive to work. Thank you that I can go wherever I'm going. Just begin. Just begin praying. Just begin talking. You don't have to shoot for the marathon. Not right away. But just start. No. And when we start trusting God, oh, he's going to reward that. And if you pray, asking God to help you pray, what's he going to do? He will answer that prayer. So we're going to move to communion. I think it's fun. We're going to come to communion. And communion is about about us remembering that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross that we'd be forgiven.